Hi, good afternoon, and welcome to this evening's Bobblecast. It's me, Dave Witchley, and I'll be joined shortly by Lee Mitchell and Andre Kinchelskis Jr. I just want to mention before we get going, two superstars of our own, uh, Dave Kelly and Robert Daniels, who do some fantastic work for the you know for for us all and the city in relation to the food banks appeal that they run uh, at S Food Banks on Twitter. These lads, as they always do, stand up and are counted, and they've actually started a Just Given um, fundraiser to raise funds to produce and manufacture PPE at the point of need. When I say they've started, they've already produced 5,000 full-face visors for the front line, supporting the NHS. It's fantastic work, I'm sure you'll agree. They're incredible, as always. And we will make sure that is put up on the County Road Bobblers Twitter this afternoon and for the next uh, few days. Make sure, you know, if you can, you, you donate to it, you get behind it. Even if, you you know, you haven't got the money yourself at this present time to, to donate, you can help out by retweeting it, favouriting it, um, make people aware, make friends and family. And let's get behind Dave Kelly and Robert Daniels and the fantastic people they have supporting them as well. Uh, so we will move over to the interview shortly. We just wanted to start with that urgent message to support the lads. Hi, so uh, carrying on from the introduction given earlier, just uh, prior, uh, just a big welcome. Uh, it's uh, firstly to, uh, to to lead Mitch as always. And uh, Andre, welcome to you uh, this afternoon. Thanks. Thanks for, thanks for having me, guys. It was a real pleasure. Yeah, pleasure uh, having you, mate. And, and and not just any old Andre, Andre Kinchelskis. <laughs> yeah, the the other one, Junior. <laughs> hey mate, these things run in the veins. I, I bet you could play on the wing today yourself. Um, uh, nah, like I was, I was, I was a, I was a rugby player, rugby union. Um, but yeah, like foot, foot, football, football wasn't uh, wasn't my skill, unfortunately. Um, and my mates can tell you that, but. Um, I still have that pace. The Kinchelskis pace runs in the jeans, that's for sure. Uh, I can tell you. I can tell you that for free. <laughs> where, where did you play, mate? Uh, I played. Uh, well, funny, funny enough, I was a fat kid when I was young, so I was um, yeah. played. I, I got put down um, to play as, as a hooker, and then um, I enjoyed that so much um, when I got into kind of going into boarding school here in the UK, coming from Russia. And then um, enjoyed that so much that I kind of stuck to the position where I slimmed out and I and I became taller. Um, and then yes. I did kind of sprint training there. So I was a kind of, uh, it, it sounds it sounds funny, but I was kind of like a hybrid winger hooker. So I can get on a blind side, um, get get in we get in between the winger and the and the fullback if need be, and be that extra man um, that can just get get down the wing, um, which was which was great. And um, yeah, played at quite quite a high level um, and. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, then kind of then thought that rugby union wasn't the way to go. So, yeah, continued oh. on. All right, very good, mate. But where were you born right. then, Andrew? Um, just obviously a quick introduction to yourself, where you were born and, you know, where you were born. <laughs> oh, man, funny enough, I was born, like, I don't sound it, I sound southern as, as, I don't know if you can cuss on this, on this podcast, but... Of course you uh, can, was, of course uh... you can. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> Southern as fuck, but like um, <laughs> I was born in Manchester for, for, for kind of around the greater Manchester area um, because obviously kind of my, my dad played uh, at Man United at the time um, and we lived in uh, Altrincham 
So kind of was uh, born born in Manchester, but lived around kind of like the, the greater Manchester area and all that uh, for that time. So how old were you, Andre, when uh, your dad moved to uh, Liverpool? So he he moved, so we're talking about 95, summer 95. Yeah, 95, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so, so I was born end of 93. Um, and then you've got like a year, year and a half. Yeah, about oh, I was about a year, year and a half old. Um, by that Did time, you... I was old enough to go to Goodison, um, as opposed to my parents not taking me to uh, Old Trafford. So, um, yeah, that was that was a good that was a good little thing there. Did you stay in Altrincham? Obviously, when he moved to Everton, or did you, did you have to move to Liverpool, or did you stay in Altrincham? Um, well, he went in a couple, couple of places. It was between Altrincham, Hale, um, but yeah, we we stayed around that area um, just because it was easy. It wasn't. It, it's not like you know to get down to get down to the training ground wasn't wasn't too much longer. Um, to be fair with you, so he just thought that just staying around that area. So yeah, he was he was he was pretty much situated there. And uh, how old were you when when obviously your dad left Everton? So I was about so you're, so you're you're talking about four years old when we moved to Florence. Um, but um, by that by that time, I've already had I think about five six games at Goodison Park under my belt for a very young uh, young age. Um, and yeah, that was that was kind of the, the beginning, the seeds, if you will, of uh, <laughs> my fan my fandom. Um, but. But yeah, he's uh, it was it was right then. So it was about it was a bit fuzzy, and I obviously I can't I can't recall my dad playing uh, live when I was when I was obviously that young. Um, but you know, it was just it was just one of those things that it was that period of of, of time, and uh, yeah, he had to crack on and yeah, moved to to Fiorentina to Florence. So so basically, Everton got into your veins quite early on, and it never left. Well, it's the old, it's the old <laughs> saying, isn't it? Though once Everton touches, yeah. The rest is history. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and and kind of f- funny enough, and I'll get get onto it later. Is um, it was it was literally the born the the, the Evertonian born, not manufactured uh, yeah. kind of story. Um, so yeah, that's that's definitely that's definitely true in that one. Uh, and it, it makes me say as well. Uh, obviously, you know, Fiorentina, Liviola are great sides as well. And I think you you had them went on to, to play for quite a few teams there, but. Play for Rangers, then back to City on loan, and, and Southampton in the Premier at the Premier League. So he, he thought, you know, he, he did play for a few other teams. What what, mm. what what was it about Everton? What made you stick with Everton despite your dad moving to teams? Well, it was a, it was a funny one because um, I started. I I didn't to, to be, not a lot of people know this. I didn't really like football at all when I was young. Um, I was brought to the football games, but I was I was in the generation where like. Nintendo, like Sega came out and like all those PlayStation, the PlayStation came out and video games, Game Boys and all that. And I was a kind of like, I was all, I was all into that. And I kind of didn't, didn't kind of, I watched football, but I took it a little bit for granted, which um, kind of then kind of when somebody was to ask me at school or my mates would say, uh, what kind of, what kind of like, who do you support? And I would default to Man United. Um, and not a lot of people know this. I mean, I, my dad is a Man United supporter, and then he kind of said, "Oh, well, you kind of by default kind of support Man United because I support Man United." Mm. Um, so I kind of was 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 that, and it wasn't until like at the age of early teens uh, when I went to boarding school, played with friends, and uh, played football, became, went serious into sport. 
that I became kind of like a little bit of a student of the game, if you will. So I was like, went literally football nuts. Like the the, the time, the minute I turned like 13 or, or, or something like that, I literally read up loads of books and looked up all the teams, looked up all the leagues and everything. And um, by, by that time, I kind of then said to Dad, saying, well, what, what, what other teams... Um, can you just refresh my memory? What other teams can did you play for? And he goes, well, there's Everton, um, there's Glasgow Rangers, there's Fiorentina, um, and those are the, the really the big ones that I would say that he's got a big affiliation to. So I was yeah. like, right, I, I was I was kind of said to myself, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and uh, and watch other teams play. So I kind of like watched Italian football, watched Fiorentina, wasn't my cup of tea. Um, obviously watched United, but then kind of thinking about it, I wasn't really into it that much. And then, um, and then it came to Everton, and uh, just funny enough, it just kind of completely is one of those situations where it just clicked. Where, like, first of all, in my mind, young teen mind, I didn't like the color red. I like the color blue. Like that's yeah. that's first yeah. and foremost, right? <laughs> so straight straight into my head, blue looks 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 fucking good on the pitch, right? Yeah. And then I was then I was thinking, then I was thinking, right, let's see the style of football and and all of that, and. Um, I would say that was the 2006 season, 2006-7 season. Um, for for you guys, it probably felt it feels like yesterday, but for me, it felt like a fucking age away. <laughs> and um, that was that that was it. Like I was kind of seeing Andy Johnson banging the goals, the seeing seeing Goodison Park, the atmosphere, the kind of the camaraderie between fans, between the team, the kind of the, the ethos that that kind of Everton were portraying was just in my mind so much better than anything that United were were doing even though United had some world-class players mm. at the time um, and for a long time to come I just kind of fell it was, it's kind of cliche but I just kind of fell in love with with Everton and I went so much so that you know I, I, I threw away or gave to charity my all my United gear that I got given as birthday presents and everything mm. and then I demanded my parents to buy me all Everton gear from then on do you know what um, mate Everton I, I, track suits everything that and this yeah I'm sitting here with a smile on my face at the minute <laughs> like that that is that is great to hear it really is it's um it, I, I agree Lee, and it, you know I, I i you know i'm i'm sat here my hairs on end listening to to, to what makes everton everton to you yeah and you know every time every time you hear someone's story it makes you fall in love with everton that little bit more exactly it does it does as well and, and and for us that was like um, i mean for me that was quite late that season as well because I started going when I was about 94, 95 and mm. to hear you say like it was from that season um, you know it's very interesting I, I didn't know that I, I didn't know that to be honest well not a lot of people do know that and I kind of and I kind of like my but my best mate um, forever in a day he's a big he's a big United fan he would uh, he would take the he would take the piss out of me going ah oh, no, you're 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 United originally, and I was like well yeah that's you can, you can say that anybody was anybody originally you know like but then when you make up your mind when you actually when you actually single focus on a team and you know that team grips you then you know you 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 go you go in both feet first and you uh, yeah. you 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 die for that team you know what I mean so it's that yeah. kind of it's that kind of thing that. Everton, and I'm not. I'm not the only story. I'm sure that's a bit like that, and um, getting getting the feel out of it. And then you know, it came to the question of talking to my dad, saying, "Well, what do you think of Everton?" And you know, f f the first thing that he does is have a massive smile on his face, and he goes, "Absolutely love mm -hmm. the club." 
absolutely love the yeah. club. Um, well, do you know what, mate? Fans, when we hear his name, we feel the same. Oh no, it's great. I mean, that, that's also that's to be honest with you, that's also another thing. Another thing that really drew me to Everton is that the respect that you you supporters and uh, anyone associated with that club, um, from the staff, from from the, the managers that manage, from um, the kit man. I mean, Jimmy. I mean, he's still there. Everybody yeah. gives him so much respect. And I respect that immensely because you go to United. The United had you know great players throughout the time, but you go to United and they don't they don't play uh, bat an eyelid. They've been, yeah. you know, yeah. in a way they've been spoiled by so many good talent, which is which is good in their own right. But they you know he comes in and then some people you know, within the football club you know turn around and go Kinchowski's who, and mm. you're just thinking, well, really? Like yeah, yeah. Like, he was a yeah. he was a he was a bloody good player. You know what I mean? Like I'm not. I'm not kind of I'm not trying to trying to be modest here, but he was a good player. So of um, course, like, listen, yeah, listen, you don't have to tell us. We know how good he was. I think if he had just stayed a bit longer, he'd probably have his own fucking statue outside the ground because he was that good. <laughs> and don't don't forget when he was at United, he finished one season top goal scorer for United and he outscored Cantona. Mm. <laughs> exactly. So I believe not, so, yeah. I think not remember Kinchelskis is beyond me, but you know, you, you're supporting the right club, Andre, and that's all we can say. So, have you got any brothers or sisters, Andre? Or yeah, yeah, um, I've got a, I've got a sister, um, uh, kind of from kind of the first first marriage. Um, my my parents sadly divorced, but it was uh, my full sister, if you if you can say that, is uh, she's uh, studying at university now. She's five years younger than me, uh, so that makes her twenty one. And um, yeah, she's. She's uh, plugging away and um, and doing the best she can there. And and you're over currently. You're I think you're in, you know I think you're involved in sport yourself now, aren't you? What what is it you do? Yeah, so I'm a so I'm a intermediary, um, as they call them now, so a football agent um, for for kind of slang speak. And um, yeah, I kind of the the moment that I kind of became a student of football and managed managed to kind of support Everton and. And get into get into the football world. I thought, you know what, this is this is where I'm gonna, you know, where I'm gonna kind of be. And I knew I had the connections, you know, through my dad and everything to to be in this world. So um, I was I was lucky enough to uh, work for one of the biggest agencies in the world. Um, we have a lot of we have a lot of Everton players in our books. Um, uh, in, and in the past and now, and uh, I've now set up my own company, my own um, agency. Which uh, do quite a lot of consulting, a lot of um, things for for not just individual players, but for football clubs, um, league and non-league, and for kind of commercial brands that want to get into the world of football. You might you might as well give them a plug now, Andre. That you're on and people will be listening. What are they called? Sorry, say that again. What? Well, you might as well give the company a plug. Uh, what what's the company called? <laughs> Uh, it's called Acronex Sports Management. Uh, my company is, um, and yeah, we've just uh, it's, it's it's just started in the middle of all this COVID nineteen business. Uh, but we're we're going on the up, and um, I'm always always good always good to help individuals out there who want to become professional football players for sure. Very good. So, so obviously you, you told us that obviously you left quite early doors and. You know, you, you kind of started to learn football as a scholar, fell in love with Everton. What you know, what was the the, the you know? Obviously, I, I assume that you've been back to goals for many a time. What was your uh, you know the game that really sticks in 
your head is the best game you've been to at Goodson Park? Oh, I mean, like I've I've, I've been to a lot, and um, I was I was thinking about this, um, and kind of for for the pure emotion, and I was I was there with my dad, but the the game in two thousand and seventeen. David Onsworth was the manager and it was 4-0 against West Ham. Rooney scored a hat-trick. Um, oh. And Big Sam was sitting in the, in the director's seating, right? And I was sitting <laughs> two rows behind Big Sam and uh, with my dad. And it was just... I, I might, first of all, I managed to get my dad over because he was in his book tour for, for um, his book, Russian Winters. And um, he, he managed to go to the game. And kind of watching that game and the emotions that I felt, especially especially someone like Wayne Rooney scoring for a hat trick. Like it's mm-hmm. you just go for a roller coaster and then obviously that goal from the halfway line was just absolutely fantastic. And my dad um really looked down at the touchdown and he looked at and he looked at Rhino and Anzi and you just how much joy he had on the touchline then. It was just fantastic. The crowd was up for it, everything was there. The Rooney scoring a hat trick was just the emotion was just unreal. Um and I'll say that was that really sticks out of recent memories um, because obviously Kuman left. It was a bit of a downer of a season um, until that until that point, really. Um, so it was, it was yeah. Incredible. I think that game game was special as well, wasn't it? Because it was Rooney's first like first hat trick for us, wasn't it? His only hat trick for us. And there was there, we've got a lad in our group, haven't we, which Steve? And, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that, Steve. <laughs> and it was the one game that he missed. He actually missed this one. And he was devastated. Absolutely devastated. That was a cracking yeah, game, that. Um, I thought you were going to say there, Andre. I thought you were going to mention the uh, the Everton Fiorentina game. I don't know if you went to that one. Um, I I didn't. I didn't at that time. Um, but that that would have been a really good good game to go yeah, to. Yeah, obviously sure. you've had playing for um, both teams, yeah. I think yeah. that yeah, that was that was another one that stands out. But like also like I just I'm just this, like I'm kind of like a, a romantic in a way that like Unsworth was on the sideline yeah. that day. Um he got such a good result. Rooney was on the pitch. Um and also like I was absolutely gutted a bit like your mate, I was absolutely gutted that um I got invited to the um Chelsea game where Big Dunk was on a touchdown. Yeah. And um, I, I watched it. I watched it from home, but I was just a bit. I was just a bit like, oh, if I was there, like that yeah, would have yeah. been like absolutely yeah, mental. Definitely like, mental. Would have absolutely loved yeah, that. definitely, mate. Yeah. Do you, do you still I can, get? I I can imagine. Like you guys probably go there. Like you you were there. Like I can imagine the atmosphere. I mean, what was that like? Every well, Lee, Lee sits next to me, so more often than not, I'm slightly larger than Lee. I normally pick him up into the air and lash him. You know what, right? we, we, sit, we sit in row 10, and when we score, I end up in row 20. Because he throws me that far. Mate, that's how, that's how it should be done. That's how limbs, that's, like, that's how it should be done. Like if, I, if, if our fans don't celebrate like that, then, then that's not passion, yeah. then that's not football fans. I've never known fans to, to celebrate like us when, when we score, like, especially late on. I mean, you see fellas jump over you to, to, to try and get to the front, and... Um, but that that was a that was a special day as well, wasn't it? That one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we can we we can stay here all night, I guess, and, and pick yeah. out like games that really mean like a lot lot to uh, lots of us. Like, unfortunately, living down in London and um, and st- doing all of that, I've I, I try and go to up to Goodison yeah. as much as I can. 
Um, and I'm actually talking to the club um, before COVID. I was talking to the club to get me a season ticket for me and right. my dad, um, just to just to kind of feel feel good as a part for the last few seasons before we move into the new stadium. So I was kind of that's definitely on the agenda. I'm definitely going to get a season ticket. I'm definitely like either drive or take a train up or even like stay over at a mate's house in Liverpool or Manchester, or whatever. I'm definitely going up to get to more. Well, listen, mate, you're more than welcome to crash at ours anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, Tom. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. I tell you what, that's fantastic to hear, and you know, you you raise a good point. You know, COVID nineteen's been you know, immense uh, challenge for many people. This world pandemic we find ourselves in, and you know, the, the days are ticking ticking down as we speak on the old lady, um, and 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 because of the circumstances, you know, them days. Have, have gone shorter again. The you know the amount of days that we, we probably will play at Goodison Park. It's going to be emotional, isn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, it's look. There's two sides of the coin in, in it. So like, you can you can see it as a really emotional way, and it's kind of like the, the memories that you have there. And of course, going back to kind of watching watching Harold Kendall's documentary, that famous Bayern Munich game, and all of that, like that will never be erased. Um, but you also have to modernise, don't you, in modern football? You also have to get... I mean, the, the ground, like, I, I have a joke among mates and my Everton pals and all that is Woodison Park. It's literally when when limbs are going everywhere and everyone's... Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's, it's a hard one, really, because in a, in a sympathetic way, you kind of, you, you kind of don't want to... You don't want to give up the tradition, you don't want to give up the tradition, but, like, you need to modernise. Yeah. And you, you need to... In, in any walk of life, you need to you need to be into better grounds and better into better ways and and like yeah like the history that Goodison holds like you will it'll never they'll never be erased you know the Howard Kendall teams Joe Royal kind of the the kind of the way teams before that and then you've got the kind of like the Bayern Munich game that was absolutely immense and the yeah. the, the World Cups that were there the Euros. Um, but like, yeah, it, it, in that way, it's going to be quite sentimental. But you know, there's restrictions there. Like, we're, I I talk with my mates all the time, and we we take the mic out of it, going like, it's it's Woodison Park. Like, the <laughs> limbs are going everywhere. Like, you feel the vibrations bouncing from every end of the ground, and you just think the ground's going to collapse. And like that, like that's good in a way. That's, that's unbelievable, and like the atmosphere is unreal. But sometimes you got to think like, you know, maybe the stadiums had it. Um, in terms of in terms of it being the way it is and how old it is, really. Yeah, you've got to, you've got to roll with the times, mate, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. very much. Uh, so. yeah. And I think you know, Tom Mees, you know, that's probably his biggest task is to is to kind of capture what Goodison was in, in a new modernised way. Um, you know, because because as Everton, you know, we we kind of really value our history. We really value the players that have gone before, like your dad. Um, and that'll be the biggest task, is you know, when we migrate to Bramley Moor. Yeah, hundred percent. I completely agree with you. And like that, that well, I think we're in capable, capable hands of that because I think everything that he said, and everything that came from him, and the way that he's kind of pitched it, really, really uh, spoke to me personally as a fan. And I think that he gets it. And um, Hopefully he'll build a modern stadium that will also be you know close to the pitch. It'll include the fans, and you know we saw the designs, we saw we saw the project as uh, in our on our hands. It looks bloody impressive, but like you know it's, uh, it, you always have doubts until you know you get into 
very first day uh, in that stadium, I actually feel the atmosphere for itself. But like, you know, I'm I'm more than confident that that will be achieved for sure. I agree, and and I think you know I always talk about this, uh, and we've talked about it on our, our kinds of bobblers Twitter before. But that you know, the wingers uh, and the creator players where they make it stand up in your seat, and at Goodison Park you almost hear a click, and it's like a sound of anticipation because that means everyone stood up at once, mm. um, and yeah, like a collective click that's gone right round the ground. And, you know, your dad, Andre Kanchelskis uh, Senior, you know, every time he got the ball, everyone expected him to do something special. Yeah, uh, but wait, wait, that's, no, that's only the wooden seats that do that, you know. You know, I think we'll miss that sound of anticipation. There's little things we will miss about Goodison, but like you say, we, we've got to move forwards. And the old lady, hopefully the legacy project, you know, we, we, will be really positive as well. Uh, so we'll leave something long-lasting for the community surrounds it. Mm. Obviously, mm. talking about your dad, Andre, um, you know, I, I think if you were to make an Everton legend, the first goal would be against Liverpool. And your 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 dad not only scored one against Liverpool for his debut goal, but he decided to score a brace. Uh, and what a way to, to announce himself as, you know, an Evertonian. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I was like, like it's he, he always has fond memories of that, and like he he's he's also used to it because he did it against City with Man United and and all of that, and with the, when the big games come, he just he just knows that he needs to get shifted into a new gear, um, and kind of get be on the be on the ball and you know doing it at Anfield, um, especially especially in front of the cop, it's just you know for him. Um, just the emotion and the, the raw, the raw celebration that you know when that happened was just it was just really great to see. And I obviously I saw I saw his footage um, on, on YouTube and what have you, and, and like it, it gets me emotional, and I'm really really like good, really happy for him at the time. But if if you were there live, it must have been unbelievable. Like it was just to to have that on your on your kind of local visitors and. And to get a, get a player scoring a brace at Anfield is just a real. I think there was just a slightly cutting off there, um, but I think you know you, if you look at your dad's records, he was uh, certainly the, certainly the season where he had uh, sixteen goals in his last twenty five games. Um, you know, mm-hmm. We often speak about not having uh, world class players in their prime. And, and, you know, there's a genuine belief. We, we had to talk the other day about talking about Everton's um, greatest players in the Premier League era. I put your dad as number one. Um, and to score 16 goals in 25 games from the wing is, is incredible. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like, I, I completely agree, agree with you. I mean, you've... You look at that from a winger's perspective; it's it's an incredible kind of um, achievement. But I really, I really feel that kind of when my dad went to Everton, that he, you know, he he had kind of artistic license, and Joe Royal gave him gave him the license to play that because you're not a good player without a good manager. Um, and Joe kind of on the ball, he let him have the moments of where he can, you know, that he could be brilliant. And you know that you can do those things. Um, and Joe was never at him for cutting in and, and scoring the goal. I mean, who would be angry? Like, 
like that was that was such a big thing that Joe gave him the confidence to do so. I think it's an interesting point that you mm-hmm. made there, Andre. And uh, you know, it's if you look at the current side uh, since Angelotti's come in, and obviously Ferguson before him, we've seen a big uptick in goals from Dominic Calvert Lewin and Richardson. And it does make you think, you know, the point you've made there, you know, you know, is it the manager sometimes just reinventing the player? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, you know, it's exciting times with Ancelotti. And like, mm-hmm. that, will, that will put Everton at a new level, for sure. Um, and, you know, people, people would, players would want to come to Everton because Ancelotti's there um, and under his guidance. And, you know, his son is doing, their, like, doing really well as, a, as an assistant manager and then big dunk there. Putting our, our arm around people like Richarlison and Calvert Lewin up up in the strikers' positions, you know that's such a that's such a big thing. Um, and you know my dad my dad would be the same. He he would say to me that it's it's never about the individual. I mean, it's only very rarely about the individual. And in all honesty, um, you know only Messi and Ronaldo can can kind of come come to those levels. But also it's the manager around you that makes you so much better and elevates you for sure. Yeah, I, I totally dig what you're saying there, Andre. And um, I mean, um, Greg O'Keefe and Paddy Boyland at the Athletic done a, a you know a podcast recently talking about Davies Ancelotti uh, and how highly he's thought of. Um, and again, you know, I, I'll say that the second best um, father and son partnership since the Kanchelskis. <laughs> 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 I have to get that in. Uh, so, so you, you, you're, uh, you're our man. He's currently uh, managing, isn't he? He is. Yeah, he's um, he's managing in Uzbekistan um, at the moment, and um, he's he's in the Uzbekistan, Uzbekistani Premier League, and uh, he's he's taking over a side who was actually owned by Uzmanov of all people. Um, a couple of years back, and is now owned by someone else, and they've they're basically contenders to the uh, Uzbek Premier League, and he's doing well over there at the mm-hmm. moment. Um, but, uh, well, obviously with the COVID situation, they're stopped. But he's uh, apart from that, he started the season strong, and he's doing really, really well. I'll ju- I'll just say his season work on right? Is it the si- similar time as ours, or is it like uh, is it shut down now, or it's, it's, what, what's um, going on? He, yeah, so the season starts in around um, end of February and then ends around November or something like that, and um, that they've kind of they kind of play in that kind of basis uh, due to the weather and all of that. And then uh, yeah, still as as with most leagues, but with neighbouring countries, I think the Tajikistan has uh, their league is playing and um, they're 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 playing normal games. I think they're coming to normality soon. If not, if not in two weeks or a couple of weeks' time, they'll come. They'll go back to normal to normal fixtures and and get the season underway. Yeah. Uh, just just a quick one. We've we've had, we had a request from. I don't know if you you follow him on Twitter, but uh, El Pub, uh, El Um he, he was wanting to know um, right. uh, what Everton team um, would would you think you'd have the line line up best? Would, would most want to be in since he left? So, so if if any Everton team, um, apart from the one that he played in, what he what team? Would he... Yeah, what what team would he suit the most? Oh, tough one, um, because like styles have changed. 
the way that football has been played has changed. But if if you were to look on pure talent, um, I think I think when you, you're looking at probably the, the that that kind of team will really suit him well um, because you've got you've got an absolutely creative uh, player in Mikard who can spray the ball from the centre. Um, you've got you've got obviously hard worker Phil Neville. You've got um, Jackie Elkwood coming through. Jolene Lescott, um, good. Kind of Timmy K, Timmy Cahill, who can you know leap leap for miles, and if you can get a Kanchelskis cross to to a Tim Cahill header, that would be that would be a lethal combination for sure. Well, well, the players that that he mentions, um, he says Lukaku would just score goals for fun with your dad down the wing with and the crosses in. <laughs> <laughs> he, he mentioned Lukaku and he mentioned well, if, you can, if, you, if you can get a better touch yeah if, if Lukaku can get a better touch maybe <laughs> but like, but like, um, uh, you know what like hey, your dad on him so even if he has a bad like even his bad touch it, you know he'd still your dad would put it there so it wouldn't look like a bad touch you know It'd just be put on a play for him. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we've, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Andre, we've we've had another request here. I don't know, um, you might have seen uh, Paul, who's the esque on Twitter, who does a lot of the financial stuff. Uh, we were talking to... Yeah, about... Dixie Dean profile picture. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone knows the esque. Uh, he's... But the esque has come into his own lately in lockdown. He's all of a sudden become a Michelin star chef. No, yeah. And he's been doing this, he's been doing this come down with the esque, and everyone's been hanging on for his he's every the meal. King now. Uh, and he, he wanted to know what was your favourite food? And, and and my pronunciation now might go wrong. He said Veransky or or Solo. Oof. I, I, I wouldn't tell you. I wouldn't tell you. I'm gonna <laughs> let him down, but uh, I, I, I can, I can tell really. <laughs> so, so you don't, you don't tend to eat any of the uh, the, the traditional Russian foods. Well, like it's 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 a funny one because like Russian cuisine is a weird one because I've been I've been brought up in loads of different areas of the world, as you can imagine, with my dad traveling. But like. Russian cuisine, when it comes back to it, is is kind of for me. It's not it's not like the greatest, to be fair. Like for me, mm. I eat you know love from it really is the um, beetroot soup, which I absolutely adore. And then the rest of it is pretty, it's pretty bland to be fair. And I wouldn't I wouldn't go near it. But I'd rather eat anything or something something nice in that in those respects. Yeah, and, and a nice Carlo Ancelotti meal with a nice glass of uh, Italian red will always go down well. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> hey, Carlo Ancelotti nearly crashed into me the other day. I, I've not told you this story yet, but this was before the lockdown. I was driving down past Hall Road where he lives. No, you were, and you I think you're you walking was... outside his house like you do every night. Stop stalking him. <laughs> <laughs> and he was pulling out, and he must have been trying to put in his next uh, his next song of you know Andrew Bocelli or what have you, and. Uh, I went to beef, but then I realised it was Ancelotti slammed on, and then apologised for him, nearly causing a crash. <laughs> because oh, you, can't, no. you can't tell Carlo Ancelotti, off, no. can you? Do you know what it is, Andre? Right, since, since uh, which uh, that he lives by us, he lives around the corner from us. 
he's been walking down his roads every night going on these uh, these fake jogs these fake jogs that he goes on he doesn't even go for a jog he just goes to walk past his house to try and get a glimpse <laughs> uh, well that that's that's surely that's stage one stage two is uh is is get is get a, a bowl and then asking for a bit of sugar it, well that's it, yeah i mean to be honest that, i'm not surprised he starts to knock him over <laughs> he's not doing me any great uh any great blow the tears yeah andre i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, w- I was looking there, Andre. You're uh, into the NFL, the Houston Texans. Where did that come from? Yeah, yeah, massively, yeah. massively. Uh, just, just like I was, I kind of went into kind of American culture. Kind of did did work for American clients before and all of that. And one of one of the clients was NFL mm-hmm. UK, and I took, and I kind of got friendly with with the guys there. And then they kind of. Uh, they kind of said, well, which team do you support? Well, I said, well, I need to know what the bloody sport is yeah. first. And then it was a bit like football. I just literally... A bit like Everton, in a way. ...became a student of the game, sat down... A, a bit like Everton, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then um, and then just it, it came down to choice of team. And then, you know, the Houston Texans for me really appealed. And then I just said, yeah, yeah that's my team. And went in full, you know, two feet first and, and got it. Uh, and you know, I don't have a Texans tattoo. I'm not that that far of a fan, but I do have an. Yeah, they haven't, they haven't grabbed you like Everton have. <laughs> nah, nah, not at all. I think I think it's funny as well because obviously we we have a few um, of our extended American family um, listening to our our bubble cast. Um, you know, um, and it's great great to see. Uh, but Liverpool and, and Everton particularly have always had you know a strong affiliation to America. You know, you look at like mm. Landon Donovan, who, who who could probably be the fastest, one of the fastest players since his dad, uh, who played for Everton. Mm. Um, you know, Matt Brian McBride, how? Um, how? Yeah, see how you know there's always been that strong American affiliation. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and like Tim Howard and Landon Donovan, like Landon Donovan being who he is, like the star, the star child, like Pulisic at the moment. Um, of his time in the American national team, really, really put Everton on the map in the U in the US, and you know Tim Howard being such a stable part of the team for so many years, really, really kind of made that end of the world really kind of take note of who we are. Um, and I like I've been to I went to New York in last just just Christmas last Christmas, and um, I went to the New York uh, to, to the New York Supporters Club, the Everton one that they have a pub. Uh, called the Tone Yeah, that's who, right. Yeah, who, uh, yeah, they host yeah. all the all the games. Yeah, um, Ancelotti uh, and Mikel Arteta sit on in the stands for the uh, Everton Arsenal game, and I woke up at fucking seven o'clock in the morning to watch that, and it was a nil nil, and I was just so gutted. I was just literally <laughs> like, "Why the hell did I wake up?" That was a shit uh, game. That was <laughs> But then, like, yeah, I mean, like, but the misses. How did you force me like down and all that? Like, that's what Everton does. When you're like when you're a mad fan, you would just literally find any pub that plays. Yeah. O'clock. I mean, I didn't. I wouldn't have minded it if it was a four in the morning. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's phrase says that's Everton. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. So, so uh, I mean, we'd love Jaffe back on Andre. So um, you know, definitely consider it. Uh, you've been great, great to listen to. Um, you know, and it's nice. Thanks, you know, I hope the Wi-Fi. 
I hope the Wi-Fi hasn't been too shit because I know like it's it's does cut off a little bit and get a jumpy, but I hope you can get enough enough good. Yeah, listen, it's not it's not enough that David can sort out. It, it'll be fine. Uh, Andre, yeah, at, at the moment, uh, where where are where are you in Greece? If you don't mind saying. Yeah, I'm just uh, off Athens. Um, you know, just nice, nice and easy. The kid, just off the capital, and um, there's like a little suburbs um, of like Greater Athens, and I'm there at the moment. So, going out and obviously plugging away with my with my agency, but um, also kind of uh, taking it easy as well and and monitoring the situation. And I think yeah. that's it, mate. I think at the time it, it it's challenging, you know. I've been saying this in work, but you know, the, all the time the connection's not going to be perfect. But we're in a challenging situation at the moment, and you know, as the human race, you know, we're all we're all really working hard to try and just make things tick by. Um, I'm sure a lot of people really, really will enjoy listening to to yourself. You're talking about Everton, yeah, and it's you know, it's these little things yeah. Andre, going. thanks a lot for coming on, mate. It's been a pleasure. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you one. I'll tell you one thing. Like it was a. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure, guys. And I'll tell you one thing: I really appreciate you guys um, having me on. Um, I mean, I, I, I had about about a hundred requests from my dad to come on to a podcast, and mm. um, like as much as I'd love it, love it to happen, he's so crap with technology, he's so shy. <laughs> I mean, he's he's still got one of those, he's still got like one of those Nokia thirty three sixties. Like that's that's his phone. <laughs> like you can call him, and that's what he has. Um, so much so that you know his social media, his Instagram account is. Um, he sounds like my dad. By a social media guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah. so it's 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 the sort of things that we have to like help him out. And like, I it took me two years to get him an iPhone and teach him what WhatsApp is, and he still has problems with that. Um, and I just got him on Instagram as well, and you know everything that he all here his ideas on his page on Instagram is um, comes from him. But you know we have to, I have to double check it. Like social media yeah. manager has to double check it and make sure that. He's not. He's not pissing about on it as well. So uh, it's, it's just the nightmare to get him on. You know. Yeah. So now, listen, mate. Well, sorry, Rich. Andre, we'll see you on the other side, matey. Um, and uh, I'm sure we can meet for a a vodka or or a pint when when we're all back at Goodison Park. Yeah. Definitely, thanks. Definitely, thanks definitely a lot, mate. Thanks a lot. Guys, Stay safe. And, uh, have a good one. Cheers, guys. All the How best. Bye, Bye, Andre. As Lee has said, we probably still haven't replaced Andre from Manchester to Merseyside. We'll play a song, which is She's Electric by Oasis. Andre was electric, and we really hope that Rich Arson might be too.